Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. We honor God uh, for another night, for another day. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we're yet rejoicing, and we're glad in it. We do honor God for another opportunity to come before you, our listening audience. We thank God for a portion of our panel being on tonight as we get ready to go into another Bible study. This fourth Tuesday night, I believe, and uh, it's our family night uh, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss Family issues, husbands and wives, children, and tonight is the night that we've given back uh, for that purpose and to be an encouragement to families. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect family. There's not a a perfect marriage, and uh, there's no perfect children, so we, you know, we used tonight to kind of help encourage uh, families to, you know, do what they can to try to work it out and uh, stick together and and to show scripturally that, you know, you're going to have some issues, you're going to have some struggles, and some things are going to go on. Uh, Husbands and wives are going to have some struggles, and children likewise will have some struggles. So, uh, we wanted to do these Tuesday nights just to really be an encouragement uh, to the families at large. So we uh, we know we have the Tobers on, and I, and I know we have Sister Oliver on. Um, I don't know if anyone else is on the panel yet. Uh, we'll hopefully hear from everyone else in a little while. But we're going to say a word of prayer and pray for Uh, some of our sick and shut-in, and then we're going to go into the word for tonight. We're going to pick up in 1 Kings, the 21st chapter. Uh, Last month we started there dealing with uh, Naboth and Ahab and Jezebel, and I think we got to verse 14 or 13 or 14, and we stopped. So we're going to pick up, I give a brief, uh, or let the panel give a brief uh, a review and bring us up to point, and then we'll dive in and, and see how far we can get um, on tonight. So, Father, we thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for another day. We glorify you. We magnify you, for we know that it's in you that we live, move, breathe, and have our being. The truth of the matter is, without you, we're nothing. So we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we're praying for for these people, uh, specifically Elder Oliver. We ask that you continue to strengthen his body. We spoke to him a few moments ago. I ask that you continue to touch him and strengthen him. And uh, his precious wife, which is on tonight, Sister Oliver, God, we pray that you will touch her body in the name of Jesus. Uh, we're praying for Brother Zayden Benjamin, God, that you will continue to touch, heal, and deliver. And, God, we know that you're yet able, and we, we're counting on you, and our faith is is elevated. You told us if we got the faith the size of a mustard seed, 
we can speak to the mountains. And we're just thanking you for what you're going to be doing in the lives of these, your people, all the members of Praise Tabernacle Church. Uh, we thank you for the new for the new people that you're yet sending. And we know you're added to the church, such need to be saved. So we thank you for how you're blessing us, how you're keeping, keeping us, and how you're strengthening us, and how you're adding to our church. As we get ready to enter into this service, we ask that you be glorified and magnified. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, all right. Let's, normally I would do a, do a review, but anyone on the panel, I think we got right to verse 13, 13 or 14 on uh, Tuesday of last month. Do anybody want to just give us a quick review, uh, bring us up to verse 13 or 14, uh, what had transpired so far uh, with Naboth and Ahab and Jezebel? Anybody on the panel at this time? Um, Pastor, I'll, I'll speak and get us kind of up to speed. Um, basically, um, from what I got between the first uh, few verses that we went over with uh, last last month, last did this last, um, we see that you know Naboth um, was approached by uh, by the king uh, Ahab, and you know he wanted his land, his vineyard, because his vineyard was close by his kingdom. Um, even, you know, offered to buy it, what it was worth. Um, however, you know, Naboth said no because, you know, the Lord forbid it, you know, that I should give my inheritance away. So he was like, you know, he didn't want to give away his inheritance. So he went home, and then I guess it was written on his face, and he didn't want to eat. And his wife um, asked, uh, you know, what's going on, and he told him, he told her, you know, exactly what's going on. He couldn't get the vineyard. Neighbors won't won't sell it to me. And then next thing you know, she like, oh, oh, for real? Okay. Well, don't ain't you supposed to be the ruler? Don't you, you know, uh, don't you rule this area? You know, the kingdom of Israel isn't it yours? And all this stuff. So he didn't he didn't end up making any action behind it. But she took matters into her own hands, sent out a letter and in his name and. Proclaiming the fast and basically set up Naboth uh, for 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 destruction because she wanted to end up, you know, taking matters into her own hands and, and to get everything accomplished for her husband. All right, all right, all right. That that's that's real good, uh, Minister. That's that's real good. Thank you for that. Any any anyone else that that may want to add anything before we before we carry along. Okay, okay. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, I'll add also, um, I don't know if this is over his Senate. But what I remember from our last week's lesson is something, uh, not last week, but from this particular, um, what we're talking about tonight is when she went forth and did all that stuff, like nobody questioned her. Like the men... Um, like nobody sit, sit your, nobody questioned what what she was doing. It was like everybody was on everybody was on go, 
and didn't even think twice, <laughs> think twice about it. So um, that's what that's what I wanted to point out. Yeah, that that's that's real good because these these were not just regular men. These were the elders and the the, the Bible say the nobles, <laughs> the noble men in, in Israel. Uh, so the, these wasn't just your, you know, ordinary men. You know, and, and you would think, you would think that somebody, that was a great point, would, would question, you know, um, why is this happening? You know, we we know the the king sealed well. Jezebel used the king's seal and all that, but you would have you would have thought somebody in the area would have spoke up for Naboth. I mean, because just it, it seems like he was a a godly man. You know, he he stood on the principles of God. Um, he knew not to sell his ancestral uh, inheritance. So you you would think that in spite of the king. Um, you know, this information coming from the king, well, coming from Jezebel or what have you, you would have thought somebody would have stood up. You know, I mean, and, and let's 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 just talk for a moment on how many times have we had an opportunity to maybe speak up for somebody. You know, and because we knew their character, we knew them. We you know, fellowship with them, went to dinner and uh, go to church individuals. And then here we, we get in the company of of someone else that may be demonizing them. And instead of us, you know, lifting up our voice to, you know, I guess defend this individual, we go right along with the program. You know, a lot a lot of us have, have been guilty of just going with the program because everybody else is doing it. Well, hey, everybody else is doing it. I might as well, you know, because sometimes we're guilty of not saying nothing when we should. So so we, we always got to look at your sin of omission, which is something that you should have done but you omitted to do, Okay, then you got your sin of commission, something that you did do that you should not have done. So a lot of times we, we are silent in areas when we know someone is, is, is defaming another person's character. You know, for example, somebody, you know, hey, just just in the church, you know, someone, you know, you know we got Sister Tobit on. Or what, I'm, I'm in the company of someone defaming her and just talking and running her down and, you know, she ain't a good wife and this, that, and the other, and she ain't a good mother and this, that, and the other. And I, being that I know her, I don't step up and, and you know, defend her to say, hey, wait a minute now, that that's not the sister told, but I know. That's not the minister told, but I know. That's not the, the lady Oliver I know. As a matter of fact, we need to change that. We need to change that conversation because I'm not going to sit here and allow you, you know, that's my brother or that's my sister. You know, I'm not going to sit around and just allow you uh, to dog them like that. So, you know, it, 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 it does bring the question on all these, quote, unquote, nobles, noble men and elders and 
leaders in the community, no one stood up. No one, we don't see where anyone questioned anything about, you know, on behalf of Naboth. They just, they just ran with it, you know, and sometimes, you know, we, we feel, well, this person is the leader. This person is in leadership. Uh, that don't mean none. I don't care who who your leader is. I don't care who who's in leadership. If if they are not sticking with the word of God, how dare any of us to to support a leader? You know whether it's the pastor or whoever. How, you know support a leader that's not sticking with the word. Okay, and let's talk. I mean, really, because in the church we 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 get so well. We going you know first of all that touch not my anointed. Do my pro, you know? We done took that all out of context, you know. That that ain't even we don't even use that the right way, but we'll we'll you know we'll go right along with the program because we got a we got a, a position in the church. Well, we know if we don't do that, he gonna take the position or or that she'll take the position or whatever, you know. Instead of just sticking up for what we know is right to do, and and you know that that just you know, just to think about, you know, there we stand, even if we got to stand alone, okay, to the, to in defense of someone that we know, you know, we know their character, we worship with them, we fellowship with them, we know their character, okay? So, all right, all right, thank you, Minister Tobin and, and Lady Zach. Was there anyone else before we, before we go and dig, jump into uh, the scriptures on tonight? Anyone else? Okay, all right. Let's let's go to verse thirteen. Then we'll then we'll proceed further. We're in First Kings the twenty first chapter, verse thirteen. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence. Of the people said, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Okay? So what Minister Tobin and my wife would say brought us up to this point. Now the judgment has been made. They have killed uh, Naboth. really don't think they gave him due process, you know, um, because of the hidden agendas. Okay, so now he's dead. In verse 14, then they sent to Jezebel saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. I do remember us getting to verse 14 on last week because I, I think I brought up the point. Um, they send word back to Jezebel confirming the death sentence. Okay, the death sentence. So uh, he's dead. All right, let's jump into verse 15. And it came to pass... When Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard, and Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. And it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard, vineyard, of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. So here he is like a baby, crying, complaining, belly aching, 
But now he done got his way. Now all of a sudden, as a man, as a leader, as God's supposed leader, he he's okay now that, that things are going the way he wants them to. Now we got to be careful. We, we got to be careful when things don't happen the way we want them to. And then we get an attitude. Sometimes we even, if we just be honest, sometimes we get an attitude with God. But God, why you allow this to happen? Why you allow them to do this to me? Why you allow them to do that to me? So Naboth here, now he now he perks up. He perks up because now his wife tells him, well, hey, what you wanted, you got it. Now go take it. And here he is. He's going from a, 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 a little child state to now he's king again. Now he's happy about himself because he's getting what he wants. How many of us ever have have had tantrums like that because we didn't get what we want because our uh you know whatever predicament in life we didn't get what 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 we wanted and now our spouse for whatever reason has to cater to us in a state of when we should be an adult now we're acting like a child okay because we so we so emotional or, or whatever and i don't know who told y'all men are not emotional the men are emotional. Y'all see it in the scripture. Y'all see it here, y'all. Every time we talk about it on, on a on a family night, we we men are emotional. Okay, men got men can can catch. Somebody said, "Hey man, who that talking?" Men can catch attitudes too. Okay, so we see here now he perks up. All right, uh. Nabody is no longer alive but dead. Look at verse 16, and it came to pass when they have heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab arose up to go down to the vineyard to Naboth, uh, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. All right? And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, okay, we got to get in here. God sees everything. Ooh, ooh. Who can witness to the fact that you came to church, not necessarily I was preaching or whoever it was I was preaching, and some that you had been praying about, some you had been going through that week, some your family had been going through, and you got to church, or even sometimes even before you get to church. But let's just say you got to church on a Sunday morning, and the message was right for you. It was exactly what you needed. It was exactly what. Uh, you have been praying about it was exactly what you have been going through. It was exactly you need a you needed an answer from the Lord. Okay, and what that shows is God hears, God sees, He knows, and He cares about you. And sometimes the pastor and, and God knows I've, I've been in church all my life, and there've been several messages that I've heard, not necessarily preached, but been in the audience and say, "Wait a minute, who told the pastor about me?" Who told the bishop about me? Who told my father about what I was going through? God sees everything. Okay, and Naboth, I mean, uh, Ahab and Jezebel, no doubt just, uh, you know, planting vegetables, no doubt, just doing their own thing, celebrating. We done got what we wanted. We got rid of this person. Be careful who you try to get rid of. Be careful when you try to get rid of people. God sees everything. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, all right, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, 
which is in Samaria. Behold, he is at the vineyard of Naboth, whether he has gone down to possess it. I mean, hey, God is always spot on. Be careful when y'all have these prophets that you want to listen to and you want to uh, follow these folk, and they, they always be around about. Now, God is, the prophet of God is going to be right on. Okay? So God tells Elijah, go down, okay, to Samaria and visit uh, Ahab. He's in Naboth's vineyard, and, and he's went down to possess it. God is spot on. And thou shalt speak, verse 19, unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. My God. All right, anybody, I'm going to stop right there for a moment. Anybody got anything up up to this point? Anyone on the panel? Amen. So I I do have a comment on this evening. Um, I just think that if I, as First Lady has already mentioned, that it still never resonated with Ahab to question his wife. It, it never crossed his mind to question his wife about what was going on with the murder of Naboth. And I just don't understand how he can't see that something is wrong here. And, um, of course, you remember Elder Allen, Pastor, but if anybody else is listening, we had an awesome, awesome elder at our church. And one thing that he would always say is, I love my wife. I love my wife so much. But one place I will not go with my wife is to hell. He said, I will go to the grocery store with her. I'll go on vacation with her, but I'm not going to go to hell with my wife. And I say that because, obviously, of the sin that Jezebel committed, um, and this is greed. It's, it's greed. Yes. So, actually, we're, we're talking about multiple sins. We have greed. Mm. We have lying. We have um, murder. <laughs> So we have multiple yes. sins here, and I just don't understand why he can't call his wife out on it because he, he knows that it's wrong. I don't think he's that dumb. He knows that it's wrong. And one thing about my husband is if Kevin is doing anything that just remotely get on my nerves, it can be as simple as, babe, why you leave that on the floor? Why your socks on the floor? I can say these different things to my husband because that is my husband. If nobody else outside of Christ should be able to check you and steer you back in the correct direction, it should be your spouse. But for whatever reason, Ahab was sitting here being a little sucker and acting as if he didn't know right from wrong. And last thing, and I'm a hush, warning comes before destruction every single time. Because right now in the verses that we're on, Elijah was sent by the Lord. So this is your warning. So I would assume that he had the opportunity then to repent, right? So keep thinking that God don't see what you're doing. Keep thinking that you're big and bad. Keep thinking that you're getting away. And we'll we'll see what happens from there. But that's all. Wow. 
Yeah. Can't nobody check you, your spouse. <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's good. Anybody else on? Anybody else? I'll come in. That oh my lord, that was really good. Um, <laughs> that's that. I like that. I, that's I, that's that's good. And that is true because even you know, if you know your spouse, um, and I can relate to that as well because certain things you know, if certain things happen, it's like, well, what did you what you do? <laughs> what did you do? How you make that happen? You know, some some you know your spouse gonna question you if they know you. Um, and when I was reading this, I was, I was really trying to find out, like, what was their relation, like, how, we know that they was, you know, what they were, but how was their relationship, did they really know each other, um, you know, because if you know your spouse, you, you know, you're going to ask questions, you're going to try to figure it out, or, you know, even, you know, sometimes if we get a little extra money, a little extra change, you know, that spouse going to ask, what, what, where you get that from, you know, you could be out to eat, or uh, got me something, you know, something, but the fact that nothing was said, that was just, you know, that that really, really stuck out um, to me. But even today, if you have that, that Jezebel spirit, it's still, it's still alive today. It's mind controlling, you know. Um, when you think you, you, you want to say something, that it's a spirit, you know. It'll make you second guess what's right and questioning those things that's wrong. You know it's wrong, but... You know, I'm just gonna leave it alone. Some things you can't, you shouldn't leave alone. Question it. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Anyone else? Anyone else? Um, I got a comment. Um, I just know a lot of different types of um, situations where uh, the female is running the show. Even though okay. the man is the head and he had his uh, leadership position behind the scenes, it was really his wife that was running the show. And this is kind of like um, he didn't – it just seems like he didn't want to ask no questions because he already knew she whatever she did, she did, and he got what he wanted. So he kind of knew – it's kind of like a – I don't want to say – I guess I do want to say. It's kind of like some relationships – you have uh, the wife, she's in a mother role, and the, the um, husband is in, not, I don't want to say that, a child role, but he does things that are childlike. So he's just going to go along with whatever his wife says because he knows who's running the show. And it just seems like he knew his wife was who she was. And maybe she had a history of getting things done, and he didn't want to. He didn't question it because he was like, "Oh well, it worked in his favor." And some men are they just go along with situations like that. Great point. Great point. That is that's true, y'all. That is all of y'all. That is good, and y'all y'all are so because yeah, when you when you look at Jezebel, first of all, she wasn't a believer. Okay, Jezebel. When when Ahab married her, he knew he knew what he was getting into when he married her. Okay, getting hooked up with the woman that don't believe the way you believe, that don't worship the way you worship. Okay, she she was uh, an adulterer and uh, worshipped Baal, and 
You know, she brought in a lot of different stuff that was against God. When you look at her history, okay, when you when you really research Jezebel, look at her history and where she came from, all right, it, it, it goes into why she was manipulative and able to do these things. And here Ahab supposed to be, he's the king and supposed to be the man of God, but because that manipulative and that power and the type of woman he married, she was able to convince him to allow, you know, adultery and, and, and uh, well, idolatry, worship, uh, worship of Baal, which, you know, God was very, um, that's why her and Elijah <laughs> didn't get along because, you know, you, you can't serve two masters. There's no way you can serve two masters. You're gonna you're gonna serve one or the other. You're gonna love one or the other. Is you know there's no in between. So we see here where you know he had allowed this woman to bring in stuff that was against the God of the Hebrew, that was against Israel, against Israel's God. So you know, hey, uh, Minister Tobert talked about last week. How a little dancing girl got <laughs> pretty much, you know, got the prophet John the Baptist, you know, beheaded because the king, because of the pleasures and what his wife wanted because of the lust in his own self, uh, you know, he wanted to see that his niece dance and we see how things happen. So, and I said it last week, a lot of men over a dance or whatever have been, you know, kingdoms have fallen, wars have broken out, millions of people have been slain, you know, all because of a dance, all because of a woman that, you know, had, knew how to manipulate or maneuver her husband. So a lot of men have gotten in trouble with God, all because... Not not knowing how to stand up and be that man. And it didn't just happen here. In the beginning, it happened. <laughs> In the beginning. So, you know, with Adam and Eve, it's been going on throughout generations. It's been going on. so And it's still going on now. So that that's good. Let me see what time. Let's do it. seven thirty. Let's do our offering for tonight. And then we'll, we'll jump back in, y'all. Thank y'all so much, uh, panel. Uh, so far, y'all are doing a great job um, tonight. As we as we do every Tuesday night, uh, we want to give the opportunity um, to uh, bless uh, as we do our extended arms ministry and also our local church. Amen. And we're going to give that information, and whichever way the Lord uh, lays on your heart to be a blessing to both ministries on tonight to our church or to extended arms, then do so. Or if he leaves you to do one or the other, then by all means do so. Uh, as the Lord lays it in your heart, as God has purpose, as you have purpose in your heart. So we ask that you give cheerfully on tonight. Our extended arms ministry, if you would like to give by way of cash out, that's dollar sign EA ministry. Once again, that's dollar sign EA ministry. And also uh, our church. Uh, Praise Tabernacle Church. If you'd like to give to our church on tonight, you can do so at dollar sign PTC. 
877. Once again, that's dollar sign PTC. That stands for Praise Tabernacle Church. And the number's 877. And may the Lord bless you real good. Thank you for whatever you're able to give on tonight. All right, let, let's jump in. Let's see if we let's see how far we can get. Um, uh, let's look at verse nineteen. I think that's about where we are. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, "Thus saith the Lord: Has thou killed? Oh yeah, we read that. I read it again. And also taken possession. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord: In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood." Even thine And Ahab verse 20 And Ahab said to Elijah Has thou found me <laughs> O my enemy Alright think about that The king is talking to the prophet Has thou found me O my enemy And he answered I have found thee In other words uh, Elijah yeah Yeah I got you because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. That's back to what, what y'all were just commenting about. So let's think about this. The king looks at the prophet as his enemy. Why why would the king why would the king and this is a question to the panel if anyone would like to expound on it. Why you know, in nine days Everybody and the prophet are ace, boom, coon. We got people, uh, especially with, with uh, it's not really, we don't really have kings over here, but let's say the president. Why do we have all these people, uh, especially Donald Trump? Why do we have all these people uh, prophesying that, you know, he's the man, he's God's man, uh, he's the savior of the U.S., and, they call in angels from Africa right now. Angels from Africa right now. And after, butter, 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 and all this other stuff. Why, why, what's the, what? I'm just, I'm just, I don't understand. And maybe y'all can help me. The, the, the prophets or the pastors, the preachers, and the politicians nowadays are hand friendly. They shaking hands. They, coming to the church and they getting the votes and they making promises and they greasing each other's palms. But here the king don't sound like he liked Elijah. What what could possibly be going on? Anybody wanna 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 talk right now? I'll say something, Pastor. I I don't know if you know, with Ahab, if he just realizing that, you know, he, he's been caught, so he's sitting there like, you know, uh, he's an enemy because he's calling him out. Um, but, you know, he got to have enough sense to already know that, you know, he said, he, you know, being sent by the Lord. So I don't know why he would 100% call him you know, an enemy, knowing that, you know, you're speaking to a man of God, you know what I mean? So I can just think that maybe it's just by him being called out at the moment, you know, that's just what I get, because I was wondering the same thing when I was reading this, like, 
why do you just call them an enemy unless they had, you know, some previous history that we don't know about, you know? Right. Previous history. Yes. Yes. That, that, that's pretty. Well, let me get anybody else, any, anyone else that want to maybe chime in on that. I believe if you go back a couple, if you go back a couple of scriptures, it it seems like there was some history there. Um, Eighteen, nineteen, there was some some history going on there with Jezebel, Elijah, and um, Ahab. I haven't read it all, but I do see that there is some history there. You go back. Yes. Yes. Come on, somebody else was, was talking too. Somebody else? Oh, that was that was me. Um, what I was gonna say is, um, I don't. That's 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 good. I don't. I don't even. I'm ready to hear why. But I I think of when I was growing up, a lot of people when they heard that the prophet was coming to town, they would try to get away because they didn't want to hear about their mess. They didn't want to hear about you know or you know the prophet call them out. And God speaks to the prophet and tell them, you know, call them out on their on their sins, on their mess, and tell them if you don't straighten up, you're gonna die, you're gonna go to hell. You don't hear prophets saying that nowadays. Everything people are running to the prophet because they're ready to receive that that new house, that new car, that million dollars in their bank account, and you know everything is a show. You know everything is a, everything is a show. So. Um, that's the difference even with today from growing up in the church, being in church my whole life, and we had a prophet, you know, that he would come to town. And they would, he, my uh, grandfather would invite him every year. And when people heard that this man was coming into town, oh, they were like, oh, no, I'll see y'all after the revival. But that goes to show you that they knew that in themselves they've been playing church. But when the real prophet, prophet comes into town, the prophet's going to call you out on your mess. And a lot of times, you know, we think people is the enemy when they're trying to help us and when they're trying to call us out. And, you know, well, you can't judge me. Well, if it's, if, if it's a duck, it's a duck. If it's a horse, it's a horse. If you sin, you sin. And sin is sin. It doesn't matter what what sin it is. Like Sister Tolbert, um, like she said, it was a lot of sins going on. It wasn't just one sin. It's, it's not, you know, just one one thing, but... Um, we have to be mindful of that. Check your heart, check your soul. Even with, you know, this being family night, how do you respond when someone calls you out on the carpet? What is your reaction? Do you have his reaction toward the prophet? Is now now I'm your enemy because I'm calling you out on your mess. So that's that's all I have to say. Yeah. All right, all right, y'all. Okay. okay. <laughs> I have a comment also, Pastor. I think Go that ahead. is real versus take, like how you mentioned this situation in the Bible with Elijah and Ahab versus now with Donald Trump and whoever else. Um, it, it's real versus take. It's the truth versus feel good. And a lot of wow. the so-called prophets now are feel-good prophets, meaning they're going to tell you what you want to hear, something that's going to, be satisfying to the flesh or to the people, but at the end of the day, if it didn't come from the Lord, then it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And not to say that all prophets are gonna give you um, bad news, because you know it could be good or bad. But now, what's popular 
is good news. What's popular is you're going to get this money, you're going to get this job, you're going to get this house. Well, what if the prophet comes into town and say, you know, something something that's going to change your life for forever, but in a different way that's not what we feel to be positive? Does it stop you from believing in God? Like, does, does it stop you if it's not something that you want to hear? So I think nowadays we just have those prophets that are just, everything is just about that material gain or financial gain. But this prophet in particular, he knew. He knew. That's why he's like, oh, man, you my enemy or something? Like, he knew. So now they're running because they, they're, expecting, um, they're expecting something positive. All, all prophecy isn't going to be money, cars, and shoes. Like, I don't know who told y'all that, but that ain't accurate. So that's, that's the difference. Greed is the difference. All right. All right. <laughs> there you go. All those, all those are great, great, excellent uh, points, and, and we can see it. It's, it's in our day. We can look at it now. They, they run to the prophets. Don't nobody run from the prophets no more. They, they run, I mean, uh, people will fly across the country or fly somewhere else just to, 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 to go to hear prophets. The only thing you got to do is come to church. I, we got a prophetic word for you every Sunday. You got to do is come. And we're going to ask for an offering, but it's it probably going to be the same amount of offering that they, that them other prophets are asking for. Okay? And, and y'all remember, y'all remember I told y'all, um, I married Jezebel, which practiced adultery, serving other gods, mainly Baal. Okay, now, being that what she practiced, her religion, she's married to Ahab, the king of Israel, which knows, God says, thou shalt have no other God before me, and we know how God is, and adultery is, is, is wrong, but he has allowed not only Baal to infiltrate, but prophets of Baal. Okay, y'all remember the story about uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel? Okay, I think it was over 400 and some prophets, and they got to cutting themselves and screaming and all this stuff. And, and the, the, the thing was the, the God who answers by fire, let him be God. So you got a whole nother religion through Jezebel that has infiltrated God's people. So anytime Elijah came, Ahab was like, man, uh, what you want now? Because Elijah, as we see him doing here, this wasn't the first time he had called Ahab on the carpet. That's why Ahab saying, oh, this is my enemy. Because every time when Elijah would come, Ahab kept doing stuff. He kept allowing his wife to do things, and he wouldn't bring it in order. So that's one of the reasons why now he look at Elijah similar, Minister Tobert, let's go back to last week. Why was Herod uh, and Herodias, why were they against John the Baptist? <laughs> and y'all know John the Baptist, oh man, I'm about to, I feel happy now, came in the spirit of Elijah. He was the, the forerunner. And 
symbolically the same way Elijah was calling Ahab on the carpet. That's the same thing that uh, John the Baptist was doing to Herod. One that Herod and and Herodias we was talking about last week. Well, yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. You right. Okay. <laughs> so y'all see how this matches up from last week to now? And, he, and John the Baptist was the voice of one crying in the wilderness symbolically to Elijah. Okay? John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. Okay? So the same thing Elijah did hundreds years prior, John the Baptist come and does the same thing. And he tells... Hey, it's wrong for you to have your brother's wife. Elijah is telling Ahab, hey, man, we, sh- we should not be having no other gods. You shouldn't be allowing your wife to do this and, and have bring all these other uh, gods in here. Now, you got the children of, of Israel praying and worshiping other gods and committing adultery, and God don't like it. So that, that's one of the main reasons why he says, oh, here come my enemy. Because this wasn't their first rodeo. Elijah had been confronting him, had been telling him. And to get the people of Israel back, try, to try to get them back, you know, on course and to prove the Jezebel and her false prophets that Baal was no god at all, he said, well, let's have it out on Mount Carmel. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Okay? So, as y'all stated, that was history. Okay? That was history. And then y'all, y'all look back at David and Nathan. And that's why I keep saying we got too many pastors that want to be the king when you should be the prophet. We got too many preachers that want to, be, want to represent themselves as the king when you should be representing yourself as the prophet. Priest and prophet. We should be representing the prophet. Okay? We should be speaking against those things that we know are ungodly. Not celebrating them. Not putting, uh, uh, giving, giving them an attaboy. You know, that's an attaboy, something that they do in sport. Attaboy meaning good job. And here we are, and we should be speaking against this stuff that's going on in our communities. The preachers got to, if the preacher don't speak against it, who gonna preach it? Who's gonna speak against it? We supposed to be the mouthpiece, the evangelists, the missionaries, the bishops. We supposed to be the mouthpieces of God. What we call stuff, what we call when we know that something is wrong. We don't sit there and, and just let it go. No, we say something about it. We call that thing, call it on the carpet. So here, love. All right, we got but a few more minutes. Okay, so so Elijah, Elijah, you know, here's a prophetic word for you. You're going to die. Okay, and this is what the Lord is saying. All right, in verse 20, Ahab said to Elijah, Has thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, Yeah, I found you. I, I found you, player, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. See, why, do, why we didn't have all these big-time naming and claiming and as prosperity preachers, why, do we, why we didn't have them calling out Donald Trump? Why we didn't have them calling for him to repent instead of calling uh, angels 
from Africa and South Africa. I don't know. I, I didn't know that was. Amen. All right. You know, and she wasn't the only one. Paula White wasn't the only one. Most of them was doing that and and decreeing and declaring and that that goes show you that decreeing and declaring ain't biblical. Not the way that y'all, uh, not the way these folk done made it, uh, done made it out to be. Okay, so you better check that stuff when you you just decreeing, declaring everything. If if that was accurate, all these folk y'all that a lot of y'all done, that a lot of us done got this stuff from, why it didn't work? Here you are decreeing, declaring. If decreeing and declaring worked the way these prosperity gospel folks done made a lot of us think it worked, okay? Why ain't a lot of our bank accounts better? Why ain't we debt free? Okay? Why ain't we driving the best car? Why ain't we living in the biggest houses? Some of us we live in paycheck to paycheck and you've been decreeing and declaring all all this time. And you one check away from being homeless. It's by the grace of God, period. Okay? God has the power. God speaks things into existence. Okay? God God does that. But they done took scriptures and, and put it out there, these feel-good messages and sermons. If we able to do this, though, why ain't we at the hospital doing it and, and shutting down hospitals? Because if we can give a certain amount of money, we should be healed. There's millionaires that and that didn't believe in Jesus and they died. Okay, y'all better. You, you, we got to we got to get we got to stick with the Bible. We got to stick with the Bible. All right. So the prophet Elijah told him, said, "Man, you don't work evil in the sight of the Lord." Verse twenty-one. Behold, I will bring evil upon thee. This is the Lord speaking to Ahab through his prophet Elijah. Listen to the prophet. Behold, I will bring evil upon thee, and will take away thy thy posterity, and will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel. Anybody want to expound on that before we move into Father? What what is what 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 is God saying to uh, Ahab through Elijah right here? Verse twenty one. Anybody? Okay. What God what God is saying, because of what you've done, thou posterity, what he's telling him is your future children. Okay? Your future seed. God said, I'm gonna cut them off. Okay? I'm gonna cut them off. Your lineage. See, God don't God don't play. A lot of us have, have, are doing things or whatever, and, and we, well, well uh, we'll get there hopefully in a second. But God said, I'm, I'm cutting off your posterity, your, your lineage. I'm going to do away with this, this lineage that should be a godly lineage that should be uh, carrying uh, the kingdom. Y'all, y'all know generally when the dad dies, the son, the oldest son or the next son or however, you know, and God said, I'm, I'm cutting it off. I'm doing away with thy posterity. And we'll cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall. That, that generally is talking about a male child, and more specifically, a little boy, a, a, you know, a young son. 
him that pisses against the wall. I thought about I thought about uh, my my baby Ice Pick. Last night he had a he had a baseball game. Uh, we had two baseball games last night. He had a game and Macho had a game. Uh, but during during Ice Pick's game, he had to pee. Well, he done had to pee several games, and by the time we saw it, he just, he peed on his cell because he don't want to come out the game. So his mama got on and said, boy, you better stop peeing in these pants. When you got to pee, you better let somebody know. And because of the position he plays, he plays first base, which which has to be one of the best catchers uh, on the team. He plays T-ball. So, you know, you want your first baseman to be one of your, your best catchers. I'm not just saying that because he's my son, but that's it's just facts. You know, it's just facts. Y'all got if you ever want to see him play, it's factual. Uh, but last night I saw him. I was in the I was in the outfield and I saw him kept dancing and prancing around. I said, "Boy, you got to pee." He said, "Yes, Daddy." I said, "Okay." After this batter, but then it, then I told my wife, "Said, all right, he got to pee." And Pam said, "Well, you better hurry up. You better hurry up and let him pee. You know, somebody else can play first base." You know, me, I'm thinking, well, can't nobody else play first base like my son. But mama said, hey, you better let him pee. He better not pee in them pants. So I told the head coach, I said, all right, Ice Pick got to pee. So I took him to the outfield. Instead of us trying to run to the bathroom, we went right to the outfield. I pulled his pants, unzipped him, boom, he peed. And I thought about that when I was reading this again today, you know, because as a child now, if that was Macho or Zach playing, they didn't go to the bathroom or go to the woods. But as a young boy, as a child, you can, you know, you ain't got to run them to the back. You know, you can do it right there, and nobody would look at you crazy. Now, if I had pulled my pants down, uh, you know, nobody want to see that. But if I was doing it, then people, they would have called the popos. They would have called the police on me because here I am, you know, in front of children and other folks, and I done just went butterball naked. And here I am just peeing away. Okay, that, that would be, um, you know, that would be crazy. But for a child, he that pisses against the wall, a younger male child. So God is speaking to Elijah to inform Ahab, I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting it off. Okay? So I'm going to bring this evil. I'm going to do it. And this is what the Lord is saying. In verse 22, and I'm going to make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. For the provocation or the provoking wherewith thou hast provoked me to anger and made Israel to sin. See, kings, priests, uh, men. Let me let me talk to the men real quick, and I open up open it up uh, to the panel. We ain't got but a few minutes. You got to be careful when you get this stuff because we see here it's not just you that is going to hurt. You can damage your whole family. Because of your actions, because of your deeds, because of what you do, and you know the right thing to do, but because you go against what you know God said, you can cause your whole family, you can cause your whole family to be in trouble. So that's why we need to, you know, I, that's why I, I love, you know, anytime I meet a man, especially a young man with a family, I try to grab hold and you know, try to encourage them in the ways of God, try to mentor them, encourage them to come to church, encourage them to be great husbands, encourage them to be great fathers, because I understand what, if you don't do right, if you don't do right, and some of us grew up in houses that the man, whether he left or whatever, 
and didn't do right or whatever, and it caused the children to wreak havoc. And we can see that going on now in our world where these teens, these young people, and it's not just the boys, it's the girls. Young girls are just as crazy as the young boys. They're doing stuff that you wouldn't imagine. And a lot of us, a lot of the reason, a lot of the reason, most of the reason is because daddy ain't in place. Anybody want to comment before we, before we close for tonight? Anybody want to comment so far? Um, I'll comment, Pastor. I'll, I'll just say, um, also, just to piggyback off the last line you just said, like, you know, it, it's important for us to understand, you know, roles as, you know, as a husband, as a father, you know, to lead by example and do stuff the right way because you never know how, you know, making those mistakes against God, man, can really change the whole trajectory of you know, your your family line. And, and here we see that, you know, somebody that knows better and, you know what I'm saying, in that sense, you know, you end up doing wrong or, or by not speaking up when you're supposed to and stuff like that and not just, you know, letting it go. And here it is, you know, your, your whole family um, has to suffer because of that. Um, I put it to you like this. It's, it's more about you know, being men being men and happening to be uh, strong-minded and not be weak-minded. He was a, a, you know, weak-minded man that put him in that position in the first place, you know. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of different things to it. And then also it go back to your decision on um, who, who you marry. You got to be careful right. with who you marry. You know, and that's why you got to make sure that you're equally yoked, meaning that, you know, you two are together and, and, and being in the same, uh, you know, sentiments. And we're also serving God together. So if I if I serve Jesus, you know, uh, you can't be the one that, you know, believe in, you know, uh, uh, Muhammad and, all, you know, all this stuff, you know, in, right. in, in, in Buddha, you know. So, right. That don't work. So we got to make sure that the foundations are together and also just, just stand for So, you know, for people that are listening, you know, don't sit back and be that person. I, and, and I'm going to say this and I'm, I'm going to shut up. You know, I got a friend of mine that, you know, uh, there's sometimes that he, um, you know, believes in, in, in Jesus as far as his existence but doesn't accept him. But when you get to saying certain things, I'm going to speak up. I'm not about to be the one listening on the phone. You just said some crazy stuff, and, and I just sit back and not say anything. No, you got to be able to speak up and speak out when you're supposed to. So just, just know in all aspects, you know, like we're talking about, you know, don't be weak-minded. You know, men, let's be men. Women, let's be women. And, and you know, do what you're supposed to be doing, and let's follow, um, follow Christ. And that's, that's all I got to say. Great, great point, Minister. Great point. Anybody else? I'll, All right. I'll, oh. I'll make a comment. Um, going back to what um, what my husband said, as far as a lot of times when you hear someone speaking on, you know, as far as being a father and how it affects your, you know, your children, you know, so a lot of things that you know is just talking about like your little kids, like your teenagers or your you know, your small children, that is true, 
but it can also affect your grown children as well, especially if you are a believer or especially if you look up to look up to your father like me. Um, I, I love my daddy, for, I mean, to life, but it was some things that, that affected me being grown, <laughs> like, a few years ago, um, because I take so much, you know, take so much pride in, in my father and who he is and, you know, um, just how many lives he has, you know, touched and changed. And as a kid, I can remember, you know, we took almost anybody, just like my husband. Now, the only thing is we don't bring him in our house, but, you know, um, you know my husband's truly a servant and he'll find somebody off the street. And um, it was some things that happened. And I was just so disappointed. I was so disappointed. It wasn't anything sinful. He didn't mess around. Nothing crazy like that. But it was just when your daddy, when your parent tells you something, I know for me, I literally take it to heart. So some things that happened and, you know, I was just like, you know what, instead of me being disappointed again, just be, I, I stopped talking to my daddy for a while. And my husband told me, he was like, all right, you need to, you need to get that right, you know. If something happened, you don't want to live with regret. And I called my daddy, and I explained to him, and I told him, you know, that I was hurt by, you know, by what was what was done. Um, and and he apologized, and I apologized. But you you can it, it can affect you as as an adult. Um, I know I'm not the only one. You know, you can be 30, 40, 50 years old, but when it comes down to your daddy, man, we we're talking about you know. <laughs> We're talking about daddies right now, I guess, but um, it does. So if you're out there and you're listening, be careful the word because your children, they listen to you young and older. They listen to the words that you speak. And if you don't come through, it, it hurts. And you can, you, can damage, you can damage your family by that. That's it. I'm done. Great lesson, honey. All right. Thank you for that. That was a great, great point. Great point. Fathers, not, not just... We know here is it was dealing with the younger ones and old ones, but you know let's be mindful of that. You you got children, you're gonna forever be as long as you're alive, and they getting older, you're gonna forever be dad, and you're gonna forever be mama. Nothing changes that in, in a child's eye, so be careful. All right, okay. Let let's let's um let me read it on now. Let me read it on now, and then I open up for any. Uh, final, uh, we'll do round table, because uh, God, you know, not only did he deal with Ahab, but look look here, and verse 23, and Jezebel also spake the Lord, saying, well, and of Jezebel also spake the Lord, saying, the dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel, okay, so in this same city where you done pulled this mess on Naboth, the dogs. Uh huh. Shall eat you. Him that dieth of Ahab, verse twenty-four. Him that dieth of Ahab in the city, the dogs shall eat. And him that dieth in the field, shall the fowls of the air eat. Meaning, ain't nobody gonna get away. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord. That's why he knew. That's why he called Elijah. His enemy, because Elijah called him out, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. He allowed his wife to manipulate him and control him. And he knew what God, he knew the word of God. He knew the standards of God. 
okay? But the dance, which goes back to last week, the dance got him, okay? Jezebel knew how to dance. It got him. And he did very abominably in following idols. That's what I was saying earlier, okay? He was following idols. Who did the idols get in? How did he, how did he begin to follow idols? Because his wife, you got so many men that they was Bible-believing men, Christian men, and they got hooked up, hooked up with a dancer. And now they so far from God because of a dance, okay? Verse 26 again, and he did very abominably in following idols, according to all things as did the Amorites, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass when Ahab heard those words. I want to at least do this part. I want to get here and read this on. But look, look here. Look at Just look at grace. Okay? Out of all that has been uh, the judgment on Ahab, look at what happens in verse 27 through 29. And it came to pass when Ahab heard those words. That's why you got to have the right prophet. You got to have the right pastor. You got to have the right preacher. You got to have the right missionary. You got to have the right evangelist that can call you on your stuff and not let you just skate on by and you and the prophet go to hell. Okay, look at this. When Ahab heard those words, that he rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. What would have happened if Elijah would not have told him what the word says? Amen. If those that members of praise time, what happened if, if y'all come in there and I don't tell you what the word said? Or Minister Tobit don't tell you what the word said? Or Lady Zachary when she get up? Or DNK or Sister uh, Tobit when she get up? When these different ones get up on Sunday morning and we proclaim the word that we know is bitter to you, but it's, it, it, it's bitter in your taste, but it's good for your belly. It's going to make you, it's going to help you do right. Ahab wouldn't have never turned. He wouldn't have never repented if Elijah had just, oh, calling the angels from Africa right now and all this speaking in tongue and ain't saying nothing. Ahab wouldn't have repented and God would have killed him. Look at this. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, okay, after he had already pronounced judgment, Ahab repents. God speaks back to I don't care what y'all say. Yeah, God can't talk to you, but you got a pastor for a reason. You got a preacher. You got a prophet. You got somebody in your life for a reason. Yes, God can talk to you, but there's certain things the Bible's saying it can't lie. How can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach except he be sent? Amen. If you got a pastor, you got a, a prophet in your life, someone that's preaching and giving you the word of God, and I'm not just saying this because I'm the pastor, but it's the truth. You ought to honor that person. Okay, you got to honor. You ought to honor that person. And the Bible says the elder that serveth well, he's deserving of double honor. Okay, you know if they doing the right thing, being an example to you. Okay, ain't nothing on him in the street. The family is in order. Okay, you shouldn't have a problem submitting and and doing what what you know to help build the kingdom and submitting to that leader. Okay, submit to leadership. All right, Paul said, and I always said, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay, and when you can't follow the pastor, then it's time for you to leave. 
Okay, it's time for you to either start your own church or find you another church that you can you can follow. Hey, ain't no love lost. Hey, if you can't, hey man, you can't follow my leadership. Okay, then you are free. The, the same road that got you to pray tabernacle is the same road that'll take you somewhere else. All right. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, "God is the God of order." Okay, God is the God of order. He comes back to the one that delivered the message. He comes right back to him. Listen to what he says, and we through. Says thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me. Well, let me read it like it's supposed to be as a question. Says thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. Because he repented, because he repented, God said, I ain't going to bring this evil in his day. Somebody got to pay. Somebody got to pay for it. I ain't going to bring this evil in his day, but his sons. And the record show Ahab had a lot of sons. And exactly what God says happened, was going to happen, that's what happened. His sons. Yes, Ahab did die. And yes, Jezebel, I think she fell out the window. They pushed out the window. Something like that. We're digging into that probably next, next month. But she, they, you got to pay. Okay, God ain't going to be mocked. God ain't going to be laughed at. Okay, God ain't going to be, God ain't going to give you a reason to blaspheme his name. Everything God says is true. Let every word of God be true and man be a lie. Okay. So we see that in the midst, in spite of, and we all, we know we can point out Jezebel and Ahab, but let's take a moment and let's all thank God that he had mercy on us. Thank God we had a mind to repent, okay, that we had a mind to repent from our folly, from our foolish and evil manipulative and some of us have done some dirty stuff, some nasty stuff that we wouldn't want nobody to know about. Some of us got skeletons in our closet that we don't want, oh, we don't want nobody to walk by the closet, being afraid that they may open the door. But God's grace, and even in the midst of that, God had grace. All right, all right, I'm through. I'm through for tonight. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you so much, panel. Uh, let's do panel. Give me one or two uh, short comments from the panel, and then we'll do. We'll say the final prayer and the benediction for tonight. Anybody on the panel, whoever want to go go first, just one or two uh, quick uh, sum. Just sum it up for us. Anybody on the panel? Hey, Amen. So I'll say. Um... Don't think that you're getting away with anything because we know that God sees all. And, you know, don't think that you could just be out here living how you want to because even though Ahab got that opportunity to repent because Elijah came and kind of gave him that warning from the Lord, we don't know if we're going to get a warning. So live your life how it is that you are supposed to in Christ and be an example for others around you because when it's your time, you don't know. None of us know. 
So don't don't live your life um, basically the wrong way. Anything that is contrary to God, because if you are a believer, then you you know what you should and shouldn't be doing. So just just be careful. And uh, men, run your household, run your houses. Wow, thank you, my sister. That was awesome. That was awesome. That's right, and that's right. I I, I concur. Men, run your house. Be that man that God called you to be. That's the woman, that's the man that your wife deserves. That's what she needs, okay, especially especially she's a woman of God, okay, she, she's a woman of God. She, she's going to honor you, okay. Thank you, Sister Tober. Thank you. Anybody, anyone else, anyone else for tonight, conclusion for tonight? Um, I'll go ahead and make my, my, um, my last um, comment for tonight. Um, something that stuck out, well, just, just period. With uh, with the king is you are not that high and mighty to where God cannot deal with you. If your pride wow. is so high and you can't bow down to the word of God and to the things of God, God will break you down to nothing. And if you're not careful, His hands of grace will move. He will move His hands of grace, and the judgment will begin. So with the king, king, you are you you're not that high, king. Because God is greater and He is higher than anything and anybody, so don't think you're that high. Because God will show you who you are. God bless y'all tonight. Beautiful, beautiful. That's right. One of one of Sister Pastor. He's now pastor at my at my father's church. Uh, pastor Leonard Tate. One of his favorite messages. Uh, he would talk about Zacchaeus. And the subject of his message was, you're too high, come down. You're too high, come down. I know my <laughs> wife probably about to shout now because she remember those messages. Those was one of his favorite messages. You're too high, come down. All right. Anyone else on the panel? Anyone else? Um, Pastor, I'll right. just say, um, I'll just say it was a um, very good lesson, a lot to uh, learn from. Um, as we say, like the men just got to be able to set the example um, and be able to follow the Lord. And then also we see that, you know, even if you, you step out of line, you know what I'm saying, and you, you do some stuff, whether it's directly or indirectly, you got to repent because we see that repentance is what, you know, change the situation. Now, you wasn't able to escape the full penalty, but at least, you know, Ahab was able to, you know, at, at least receive some grace. So we got to learn from that, you know, as well. So, you know, if, if you got to, um, you know, your, your spouse get to cutting up, you got to be able to speak up, you know what I mean, especially if it's something in relation to uh, sin that can possibly throw y'all off course. Don't be afraid, you know, to speak up and speak out. And and that's all. That's all. all Thank right. God for grace. Beautiful. Great point. Great point. Sister Oliver, you still on? I don't know if anyone else on the panel ever got on tonight. Sister Oliver, you still here? I'm still here. Um, I guess the the comment I'm going to make is um, be careful what you do because they do the things you do do have consequences 
and you may not be affected personally by the consequences, but somebody close to you can be. So just be mindful of um, the choices that you make um, because in the end you may hurt someone else along the line, uh, being that it be your children, your grandchildren, their grandchildren. Somebody may get hurt based off of what you're doing right now. So just be mindful of what you're doing and put God first. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Y'all did a great job tonight. Thank y'all, panel. Thank you so much. May God bless each and every one of you. Listen, we already know you've been encouraged. You, you've been inspired. Uh, you might even be, be a little bit mad because of the scriptures, and that, that's a good thing. If you, that, that means you still got a conscience. That, that you haven't been sealed, that you haven't been uh, turned to reprobate. You can still hear the preacher. You can still hear the evangelist. You can still hear the word of God, and it, it still pricks your heart. That's a good sign, okay? That's a good sign. So we thank God for uh, being able to come before y'all on tonight, our listening audience. Thank you so much. Praise Tabernacle uh, panel. We thank God for you. As as y'all do every Tuesday night, y'all y'all uh, go above and beyond, and we appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. All right, we're gonna say the last uh, benediction prayer, and meet us Sunday morning. Tune in, or if you're in the area, come by and see us. This Sunday is fifth Sunday, and we are having women, uh, women, 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 women. We're having women's service. Women are in charge this Sunday, so men, come on out. Just because the women are in charge, that don't mean the men stay at home. Amen. Come on out. We still need a man in the house. Is there a man in the house? Yeah, we lost this little lady's coming. There'll be a few of us in the house. Let's come on out and support our wives and, and our sisters and our mothers. Amen. Come on out and, and show that strength. Uh, praise Tabernacle. Thank you all so much. Come on out Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. 9 to about 10.15 or so. Amen. Come on out. If you can't come, tune in. And I know these women, they got a great program scheduled for this Sunday. Amen. You got to tune in to see it. I can't tell you. You got to tune in to see it. So uh, you got to be there. Amen. Be there. So we thank God. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for this service. And, God, we ask, we forgot, even in our prayer earlier, praying for Deacon Oglesby, God, we pray that you would touch his body as well as those that uh, we called in the beginning of service. And we're just thanking you for what you're doing. We're thanking you for your grace and your mercy, even on tonight, that you didn't give us what we deserve, but you had mercy on us. And we just appreciate it. As we leave this place, never your presence. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 tells us to go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Y'all have a great night. God bless you.